Thank you for joining our podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. Stay tuned as together we'll study God's Word. Good morning, PCC. I'm Brian Rand. It's so good to be with you. Whether you're online this morning or you're on the lawn or you're in person, welcome. It's really good to be together. Uh, we need these moments. We need these moments. As we begin today together, I thought I would take a moment before we get into our scripture and our series, continue on in Deuteronomy, but I just want to acknowledge where we are in our transition. It is good to pause in a transition year like this and look back where we are or where we've been, where we are and where we're headed. I've been using this diagram that you'll see up on the screen to describe the movement, the movement of our transition. We're in the midst of becoming a new shape. All right, it's really that simple. We're not the PCC we were five years ago, let alone two, three years ago. We're changing really, let's call it, from a square to what? Uh, A circle. And I would say right now, we're in the toughest part of it. We're in the muddy breakup stage of the old way to the new way. We're in that lower left-hand corner. Some of the old pieces are falling off. And then, as you just saw, there's actually some new pieces. But with that becomes lament and celebration. And we've got to hold them both. We've got to acknowledge what we're grieving and then acknowledge, wow, God's doing this new thing. Now, if you wonder how we got here, it's important to understand how we got here. I look at five factors of why we're even in a transition. Number one reason, Gary in June decided to depart after 18 years. That's the end of an era when somebody's been here that long. Number two, COVID. COVID changed us. We had over 100 families move out of the area, not because they were disgruntled, dissatisfied. We've had others go for other reasons, but we know of 100 that just physically moved out of the area. Number three, we had this vision back in 2015. Over the next 10 years, we called it Vision 2025 to do multi-sites all throughout Redwood City. But... In 19, we hit some limitations in attendance and finances, and we had to pull back on that the week before COVID. Many of you remember that meeting. So Gary's heading out. COVID, our vision that we were going after being impacted and having to pull that back. And then finally, we had done a staff restructure two years ago. And when you do all those things, there will be, and all those things happen together, when we get to this time, there will probably be some transition of people uh, and a shift in who we are and what we're going to become. Does that make sense? You just need to know that. Because a lot of people say, what is going on around here? And I kind of say, there's really five factors. And they impact different people in different ways, whether that's you or whether that's our staff. And so we lament lament and celebrate. And here's one of the first things we lament is good staff saying goodbye You've seen my emails, and we're going to say goodbye to one staff today, but we have staff that we're saying goodbye to, and that means we're going to have some staff during transition that we actually say hello to. We're also lamenting and grieving those who've left. Many of you lost friends. Literally, you lost your friends. They moved, and I lost friends. I lost people I cared about. Sometimes I go, I can't believe I'm doing this with some of the people that aren't here. I never thought that would happen. 
that I would be doing this with you and then some people that aren't here that I would so expect to be here with us. And you got to grieve that. You got to grieve that. But then new people welcome. We're so glad you're joining us. New stakeholders, thank you for putting a stake in. I always say during this season, it's most important to become a stakeholder so that you have a vote, you can get involved in leadership, and you can really say, hey, I'm about this mission. So I would encourage you. It's an easy process. You can go online and start it. And then here's what's great right now. You have the greatest opportunity to give the greatest input because we're shaping and forming. When we had Vision 25, we were like, we're going here. Are you coming with us? But right now it's, hey, what's the Spirit saying to you? What's the Spirit saying to me? And would you fill out the survey to let us know? Seven questions. Right now, 209 of you have filled out the survey. Can we clap for that? Why that's good? Why that's good? I believe there's 500 of us here heading into the future together. My goal is to get 250. That survey closes tonight at midnight. That means I can't even do the math that quick, but I need more people. I need 41 more people. Is that right? If there's 209, I need 41 more people to fill out that survey. Would you do that, please, whether you're online or on the lawn? 41 people. If we can get half of the 500 for the future to give us input, we now have the stirrings of the Spirit to figure out where we're going, and that is good. And what's not working and what's working and what you're wanting and what we think and where God's leading. What's wonderful, as we move forward, there's some things that are still happening besides new people coming and stakeholders putting uh, a stake down. We're engaging in the community. We're about to have our pumpkin patch event on October 30th. Grandparents, bring people. Friends, bring your neighbors. Find a kid. Find people who like to carve things and just bring them. And we'll hang out together. It's such a great event to do that together. And that's on October 30th. The Chick-fil-A cow is going to be here, I was told. I don't know what that means, but the Chick-fil-A cow is going to actually be here. And you're allowed to wear a costume. So come in a costume and come just to be with us on the 30th. We're also, besides still reaching the community, finding specific needs still. Right now, our multiracial, multi-ethnic families need probably the greatest support based on the racial tension they've been through, based on the realizations they've come to. And so we've been holding lunches. You might have missed the first one, but the first Sunday of every month, we encourage whether you're a multiracial, multiethnic family, come listen and learn together on how we can do this together. And then join us for a Together We Work day on November 13th. We've done beautiful days out in the, to renovate schools and things, but we're asking you to come and truly just come work together on this campus because there's a lot of things we're looking to improve. So that's us. That's where we are. If you have questions, get to me, get to our leadership. But we have this theme that we're holding to right now throughout the year. It's called Together We Are PCC. And I just want you more than ever to realize this is us together moving forward, transitioning into a new shape. Let me pause, pray for that, and then let's move on. Father, we thank you for this challenging time. It actually causes us to be more dependent on you. It's uncertain. There's a lot of grief. But at the same time, you are active and moving. And it's evident. Lord, help us hold the tension of lament and celebration and lament and what's next. And then all this uncertainty that makes us just not feel good. Comfort us and guide us in the name of Jesus.
Amen. As part of our Together We Are PCC, we're having these series that are always entitled Together. We're in one right now. We're deep in it. We're down to week six, and we're in this one called Together Remembering. We're studying the book of Deuteronomy, and we're on this journey with the Israelites, and we're learning from them about what they learned as they journeyed to a promised land, and as we journey to a promised future, we're trying to glean, and we have these mementos of the journey to help us remember. Remember the scrapbook that was set up, that we chose that one because Deuteronomy is like a scrapbook. If you look in here, you see what's going on in the journey. And the number one thing they would have marked down on big letters in the scrapbook was this, the Shema, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your strength, and with all your soul. And to remember that he is the one true God. That was week one. Week two, we used the memento of a scroll that God gave a promise to the Israelites. He said, I have a land for you. And I want you to possess it and bless people whenever you enter that land. And it's the same for us. This is where the parallels are the same for us. Remember I said to you, God has given you each a land wherever you are in a daily context. And he's called us to possess it and to bless people. Who are the three people you're praying for in your land? Who are the two that you're pouring into? And who's the one that you need to walk alongside with so you're strong? That was week two. Week three was all about reframing what? The commandments, the stone, the broken tablet. We often think of commandments and rules and regulations, but on that, we need to remember that for the journey, the commandments that were boiled down to love God and love others, they were given for what? our longevity. They were given out of love. They were given actually what? For liberation so that we weren't enslaved to the sinful ways that we're so easily enslaved to. Scott then spoke about how in our souls, it's important, and the Israelites were called to this, to fear the Lord amongst all things. Anybody's fears ever get greater than their fear of the Lord? Raise your hand if that's true. Oh, talk to me at like 4 a.m. My fears are so big, and I have to talk I have to get my fear of the Lord greater, meaning my reverence, my allowance of letting him in. And then last week, Shang-Chi is our Marvel character. And uh, we chose Shang-Chi because uh, Hana talked about being a treasured possession. Shang-Chi in his movie ran away from his calling. And God is telling the Israelites, you are a treasured possession. You, you have a place in which God wants you to be the light unto the world. Don't run from that. These parallels uh, are old and they're new to us. And now in week six, here we, here we are uh, in this next one. And this is my best attempt at a garbage can. <laughs> and what we're talking about this week is one line in Deuteronomy. We're in chapter 17 to 19. And God's reminding them in 17 and 19. Open up your Bibles, even look at the headers. It says, worship no other gods. He talks about offerings in here. He talks about these cities of refuge. He talks about to listen to the prophets. And then he talks about staying away from certain things. And then in 1919, here's what he says. Listen to these words. They're short and brief, but they're powerful. It says this, you must purge the evil from among you. You must purge the evil from among you. What you don't realize is that 10 times this is what is said in Deuteronomy. Purge the evil from among you. To purge is to get rid of, to get rid of it. Evil 
is any ungodly attitude or action. I want you to consider right now, do you like to purge? To be honest with you, oh, I love to purge. It feels so good. Yesterday, we, had, we have six, we have 12 feet at our family, so we have a lot of shoes. And yesterday, I filled a Honda Civic with all the old rubber shoes that we've had over years. And I took them to a place that recycles them into like a playground. Oh, did that feel good. I mean, I just kept bringing bags in. The guy thought I was coming in once and he'd say, hey, thanks for doing that. And then I'd come back in another bag and be like, hey, thanks. And then I'd come back in another bag and be like, thanks. And then I'd come back in and he stopped thanking me because <laughs> I was filling up the front of Runner's World over in San Carlos with all these bags of shoes that I was getting rid of. It felt so good. Sometimes what I do, oh, in the old days... I used to purge really hard, but I'd usually do it between 8.30 and 12.30 at night. I'd put a headlamp on and I'd head into my kids' closets. They'd be asleep. It was awesome. All that stuff from the birthday parties, a few stuffed animals they were ignoring, a couple things from school. I would go in there and I'd just start purging. And it would be awesome. And then at one point, what happened, a kid would wake up because I'd be too noisy and they'd be like, Dad, what are you doing? And I'd turn and I'd blind him with the headlamp and I'd shock him. And I'd say, oh, it's okay. I'm just looking for a few things. And I'd continue on and just purge my way on. Purging feels good. I just purged the fridge last weekend. The fig butter was so stuck to the glass on top of the top tray, I thought I was going to have to sandblast it off there or get a chisel. Who wants fig butter, especially when it's been there for that long? Can you relate to this? Purging is good. Here's what I want you to see today. He wants, God wants us to get serious about purging evil. Serious about purging evil. And so I, now this got really serious because we need to ponder what is the evil in our lives. Here's what I know. God knew purging was good for the Israelites and he knew that purging evil is what, what they needed. There's evil all around us and there's evil in us. I'm not against the world, but we got to choose how we engage in it and we got to choose what we retain and receive from it and what we allow in. It's hard to do, isn't it? And then in us, there's evil in us. It's a terrible thing to have to even admit, but let's just face it. We're born that way. It's our default mode. It's our sinful mode. It's our flesh mode. That's why God 10 times in the whole book of Deuteronomy kept saying, purge the evil. Here's why it's so important for the Israelites to purge the evil. Take a look at the screen. God knew it was healthier for them. He knew they were overly attached to certain things and that they were making them their gods. So it was like, have only one God. Don't get overly attached. He was saying, You'll be a better holy representation to the world, Israel, if you do that. And you will hear from me better. Now, how does this relate to us today? Think of this question. Today, is purging evil, ungodly attitudes and actions really necessary? Is it really necessary? I would say it is. I would say it is. Think about what Jesus did, and this is how we can relate. You can take it from the New Test or the Old Testament, this concept of purging evil, and bring it to the New Testament. 
Jesus did what with evil? Sometimes he actually just drew it out of somebody. There was actually an evil demon in them, and he would go and pull it out of them. Sometimes, like Zacchaeus, what would he do? He'd gently call it out of them. Hey, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. And Zacchaeus, let's have a conversation how you are stealing from people. And by the end, Zacchaeus, in the presence of the holy, gracious God, just dropped, released, and repented and went a whole other ways. Sometimes Jesus drew it out. Sometimes he called it out. And then now with us, here's what's amazing. He always gives us a way out. We are a confession away. I got your attention, didn't I? We are a confession away from getting the evil out of us. And what's amazing, he's so gracious, he doesn't want to condemn us. Remember the commandments? It was out of love for longevity and liberation. It's the same with purging evil. It's out of love for our health. It's out of love so we're not attached to anything else. It's out of love so that we represent him more. It's out of love so that we can actually hear him. I love what First Peter, a follower of Jesus, said. Look what it says. It's on the screen. As an obedient child, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Holy, holy, holy. We sung it today. I love where Paul goes into it. It goes from, you know, Moses being told to tell the Israelites purge from evil. It then is Jesus drawing people out, calling people out and giving us a way out. And then it went to Peter's we just read. And then Paul, Paul said the same thing in a different way. When you open up Galatians 5, he uses these words about evil. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealous, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, I'll add these, injustice, prejudice, apathy, greed. And then he says, do away with those and instead be filled with the opposite of evil, which is what? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is for our good. So think of our transition now. How would it benefit us if we got serious about confessing our evil, just getting it off us as we go about our days? Same reasons, healthy living. It would help us only have one God, I believe, because we get overly attached to stuff. We would represent as the church, so much better to the world and to each other. One of our values of healthy relationships would go way up. It would go way up when we repent of the stuff that's stirring in us about each other and our opinions and thoughts. And then I actually think, oh, we would hear the direction of God more and more. So let's do it right now. I'm going to ask Marty to come forward and play for us a little bit. And I want you to sit in these questions right now. How could purging evil benefit 
Excuse me, uh, that's not the question. The question that I want you to sit in is, internally, what attitude do you need to purge? Externally, what action do you need to purge? As Marty plays, we just sit in that. And then sit in this psalm. Because I want you, maybe this is your prayer. See what it says on the screen. Psalm 139. Search me, God, and know my heart. See if there is any offensive way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. So church, let's just take some time right now. We can put the questions back on the screen. Internally, what attitude do you need to purge? Externally, what action do you need to purge? Let God search you right now in the quietness. continue to reveal to us this week as we go what are the attitudes and actions we need to continue to confess. Lord, thanks for a moment away from experiencing the freedom of that. And Lord, thank you that it's in the presence of your love. You're just wanting to help us to purge and be free. We're going to continue our prayer time right now, so stay in this posture. I'm going to ask Grace to come up and join me. and We're going to pray for about a few things related to this. So think about it. We just prayed about purging evil from ourselves. I'm going to ask Grace right now just to pray a prayer for our unity. It's a theme. Together, we are PCC. For our unity to become stronger and our interdependence to become stronger. So go ahead, Grace. Lord, um, we just come before you knowing that uh, we desire unity and that desire this for your church and we admit that um, we've often been self-seeking and looking to our own um, self-interest and we just give this to you and we ask for forgiveness I just ask that you would reveal and take our fears especially fears of sitting in discomfort um, that have maintained the invisible walls that have kept us from one another I just ask that you would give us ears to hear and eyes to see one another in both our joys and in our sorrows. Would you purge us from any um, prejudice, bias that we may 
have conscious or unconscious as we see each other? And would you show us the beauty and glory of um, the different generations, different cultures, languages, um, people that you have created? Help us celebrate that in one another. We just ask that you would give us the ability to outdo showing humility, empathy, compassion, and love towards one another as you call us into unity. Amen. Thank you, Grace. Purging evil, prayers for unity. I'm going to say a prayer now for our future, for our search team, who that'll be, for Sue, the chair of our search team, for their survey results, and where God wants to lead us. Father, we come before you right now and we just ask that we would be people that would be more willing to follow you than our own direction. Lord, thank you that your ways are greater than our ways. And Lord, we acknowledge uh, as we collect information through the survey from our people, Lord, that that has potential leadings of the spirit that you are saying this is who we are and this is where you want us to go. Oh, Lord, give us discernment. Lord, as that nomination team picks those search team members, Lord, give them wisdom, collective wisdom. May they find unity in their decision and make it simple for them. And then, Lord, for Sue and the search team as they begin to journey together really next month. Oh, Lord, make it obvious. Bring who you have and may it be confirmed through them. So we ask this. And Lord, for our staff who are coming and going, Lord, Lord, make it clear who you're calling out, who you're calling in. Lord, help us deal with the lament and the celebration of that. Our last prayers, Grace will pray, it's around our place in our community in the world and what God wants to do. Lord, we just pray for those in our community um, here in Redwood City or um, further out, for those that are suffering and experiencing brokenness that comes with systemic, familial, and individual sin, and for those that are fearful and anxious um, for their health, for their circumstances, um, financially, socially, even politically, Lord, um, we just give this to you. We know that you hold all these things and are capable of holding all these things. So we just ask that your spirit go forth and your presence is felt um, in our community and throughout the world where there's just so much hurt, brokenness. Um, We just trust in your ability to do your work, but we also ask that you use us, um, that you show us how we individually can make impact in where we are. So use us as your beloved instruments. Show us um, your heart. Give us courage to take steps forward. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's just pause as the band comes up to close us out today. Um, I want to ask you to continue to pray for those things that you see on that screen. That will take us in the right direction purge the evil individually, we pray for those things, God will show us. And in our uncertainty, 
That's where he will lead us. Thank you for tuning in to our message podcast here at Peninsula Covenant Church. We would love the opportunity to connect with you more. We are located in Redwood City, California, and you can find us online at wearepcc.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by simply searching for We Are PCC.